Warning, the following program has been rated M for mature due to language, vulgarity, and sexual innuendo. However, my voice is rated EM because it's easy to masturbate to. Unlike the losers you're about to hear, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Intellectual over. Saviors. I'm sorry to all the fans out there, but this show is just a giant ruse to try and get Boggs to come out of the closet. Oh, wow. I You're a fucking asshole, dude. <laughs> I give that a seven because... <laughs> a seven? You fucking well, the, asshole. The that, reason is, I think... That deserves a ten, damn it. Well, the reason is because... Especially I, considering I just came up with that out of my ass, so... Yeah, yeah but I think it's already... Thus proving that Eric quantity. needs to come out of the closet. <laughs> Who was in my ass? Because it just came out of his Forces. ass. <coughs> That's fucking wrong. Oh my wrong. god! <laughs> god damn. I'm Eric. We have Boggs and of course Michael. Yellow bitches. Uh, do you want to thank our uh, musical talent that we had? Yeah. Um, we have uh, the opening that you heard today was from a band called The Dolly Ranch. They are um, they're really decent live. Um, even if some people don't think so, no. Now they're they're a real good band. The singer is totally fucking hot. I love her to death. Um, they have a new album out as the first track off of it. So go to their website, thedollyrods.com, and you can check them out. They're on tour right now. So be sure to hit them up. And after the show, go up and say hi to them and tell them you heard them on our podcast so they can look at you like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I think our uh, episode hits are going to skyrocket because people are just going to be replaying the very beginning where Christina's giving the disclaimer and just masturbating to it. Yeah. I know Boggs will at least. Yeah. Well, yep. Well, he'll, pl- <laughs> he'll play that while he's looking at her Facebook photos. <laughs> it's never ending. Oh, poor Boggs. Poor, poor. So you call me. Bugs. So you call me gay, and then comment on how I think Christina's hot. I didn't say you're pretty gay. much. Pretty much what it is, Boggs, is you just can't win. You can't win. Whatever, dude. I just want to know. <laughs> I actually want everybody who listens to this to realize that I took a large dump in his toilet today and compromised the integrity of his bathroom. There you Son go. of a bitch. So, actually, Boggs wins today, fuckers. You didn't even ask for the fucking aerosol spray. The, I was going to say, that's... I uh, didn't ask for that, and I also noticed that you're running low on toilet paper, and I did not restock it. <sighs> so, motherfucker. <laughs> I noticed he shut the door to your bedroom when he came I, out. I know, right? He's I'm trying to trap it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be, like, sleeping, basking in your poop smell? Or of... Great. Awesome. Hey, stank. What, what can I say? <laughs> it's the kind of love I have for you today. All right. Um, I have a question. Did, I'm assuming you did this, Michael, but did you put up a PayPal donation thing on our website? Hell yeah. I, I saw that the other day. I was I like, did what it for, the fuck? I did it because I thought it was funny that that it was... It is funny because it says it was fun to be here for the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever donate you to that. <laughs> but I just thought it was funny to have on that. I saw you could put it and I was like, oh, look at that. So and there we go. Beer donations. Uh, so hey, uh, if somebody does donate to that... Yes. I just want to tell you that we need to pick up some RAR. What? Who? So you're saying give money for beer? That's pretty much what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. That's what I put on there, too. Yeah, that's what it says. It says Michael, do you know what RAR is? No, but it said at five bucks, or you can give a dollar. It's kind. It's fine. You guys don't have to go five. <laughs> a dollar is fine. You can go ahead and pitch in on there. So We're not that poor, people. It's just... Nah. It's, it's just a, a nice gesture. Show your love. <laughs> it yeah. is definitely appreciated. <laughs> like, like I said, I just saw it, and I was like, that's funny. Right, I'm enough being a there. whore. Okay. Oh, whoa. Well, wait. Well, one more thing before we stop being whores. Um, <sighs> remember, kids, go ahead and add us on the Twitter, at the Intel Saviors, and like us on Facebook. There you go. That's it. Now I'm done being a whore. Yep. We're definitely whores. I am a total whore about the show. I have friends that tell me to shut the fuck up about it because I talk about it way too much. Yeah. They're the five people that... Yeah. It's just because you're passionate. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so, uh, this week, I ran into uh, one of those uh, tea partiers. Uh, I don't know if you are, you all are familiar with those uh, people, but they, they claim to be libertarians, and they want to go back to the roots of America, and blah, 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 blah. And a lot of their uh, ideas are not really libertarian at all. Um and just to kind of give you an idea, and I'm saying all of them think this way, but I think a vast majority have these ideas in their head, and they're just absolutely horrible. Like they want to, they want to get rid of. Uh, well, obviously they don't want any kind of uh, government control over Medicare. Uh, they want to get rid of Social Security. Uh, there's a lot of like little things that they want to get rid of that are uh, very beneficial to a lot of people who don't have the money to take care of themselves and need help. Um, they're not all just freeloaders just getting a free paycheck and sitting on ass. There are people that actually do need help that use these programs. Are they perfect programs? No. Is there things that we can do to help the programs uh, succeed better or help the people that are getting the government funds uh, better jobs or better education or whatever they need? Yes, there's lots of different stuff that we can do and I think that we should do. But to just completely cut it out, especially stuff like Social Security, there's a lot of elderly people that would just they would die if they did not have social security. They wouldn't be able to afford groceries. They wouldn't be able to afford where they live. They would die if they did not have it. So this asshole that was talking to me about it, uh, he had a couple of beers in him. So uh, he actually opened up his mouth a little bit too much. Uh, Cause I could already tell that he was very uh, uh, bigoted and uh, really narrow minded. Uh, but once he had a little few too many, he really let himself open up. And he actually admitted that he thinks women should not vote, should not be allowed to vote because they predominantly vote Democrat. Only single women. The married women let their husbands talk them into voting for conservatives or, or against their interest. That's yeah. absolutely fucking absurd. I looked at the guy and I was like, are you fucking serious? You know what? You don't think that they have the right to vote. It's like, I don't think they should because they always vote wrong. He, he does have one like, thing. What exactly is the point of voting, you dumbass? He's got one thing on his side. There's a thing, and I even posted on the Twitter for you fucking eight people that follow us on Twitter. Um, one of the leading Tea Party, the women in the Tea Party, she put out a statement recently saying that women shouldn't be allowed to vote either. See? <laughs> Basically because of it's, it's kind of that reason. Like in their party. I'm not saying every single person that's a Tea Party or believes this, but... It is definitely there, and, and they definitely believe in shit like that. And like I said, that was a woman. I can't remember uh, her name, but the, the link's on there, so you guys can go That's even it. more disgusting. She herself thinks that she shouldn't vote? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> if that's true, though, then why are you giving your opinion, honey? <laughs> you know, it's, right? that's funny, because that's what I put on the tweet. I said, who let this broad speak anyway? You know, what man? <laughs> did her man know she was saying this? But, <sighs> what the fuck? I, I just... 
I, I don't understand that mentality. Like, how are you that big of an asshole? Mm, I get it. It makes sense to me. And really, I mean, I've if seen him. That's a very totalitarian. Totalitarian. Uh, whatever. <laughs> um, that's a really disgusting viewpoint of the world. Is that you think people shouldn't vote because they don't vote like you? No, that's that's essentially saying that you want it to be a monarchy and like, let, let's just go back a couple of centuries and go back to where. Uh, it wasn't just a few people raping us in the ass. It was one single person raping us in the ass. <laughs> Speak for yourself. One and, is hotter. And take away, uh, what, you think the queen is hot? No. You know, like I'm old like that? No, you're... Rotting you're, teeth and shit? You're backwards on that. <laughs> it's, the, it's the multi-bang, bro. Oh, oh, you like the gang bang. <laughs> pivot man. Pivot man. Adding fuel to the flame. Uh, yeah. See what happens when he talks. I say some funny shit. That <laughs> the fuck have you said funny? <laughs> Nothing. Backwards. Exactly. I haven't said anything yet. <laughs> Old age, fucking logical thinking is just disgusting and just needs to go away already. Yep. Don't tread on me, bro. Man, I had progressive. I had, I had a couple of different yeah, things. Don't that tread I on me to. unless you're a woman. <laughs> That's what their slogan should be. No shit. Fucking no. tea partiers. I had some things I wanted to say for the free for and I forgot them by the time I got here. <laughs> awesome. I like remembered them throughout the week. I was like, oh man, I gotta bring this up. And now that I'm here, I remember it. So you're bringing up the fact that you don't know what you want yeah. to bring up. That, that's, I, I really that's made his a contribution to the free for the fact that oh, he has. I made a uh, I made a note, but then I deleted it. <laughs> I I finally I have something that we didn't bring up last time, and I'm pretty sad about it because it had been on every episode but uh i finally saw the hunger games i don't want to bring that up my the one thing i came away from that movie thinking was i couldn't i couldn't wrap my head around whether or not i thought that that girl was hot that main girl that was my problem i was like i kind of think she's a little hot but not really i've never seen it so i don't know i was very it was very tough is it, it, it tore me apart the whole movie it ruined the whole movie for me <laughs> <laughs> like i really, i kind of want to fuck her but i don't really know and then i was like Isn't oh, she wanna... like underage oh no she's oh, she's, she's like 21 dude oh, she's know. 20 or 21 she's of age because i i looked that up before i wanted to say that because i wanted to make sure because i want to say dude i'd like to fucking tear that up and then she's like 15 now she's of age, and I just couldn't. I couldn't get. I couldn't figure it out. I kept staring. I'm like, I think she's doable, but I don't really know. That's fucking movie's the worst. I quit. It actually wasn't that bad, box. I'll give you that. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't like Eric thought it was, where it's like a bunch of high school bullshit nah. drama. It's not like that at all. Yeah, it wasn't. I give it. Uh, I give it the fucking the thumbs up. I'm not saying up. it's high school drama. I'm saying it's designed for those people. <laughs> That's the target audience, dude. I didn't see Twilight. My wife watched it, and she she's all into that. You know, she's like, oh no, I'm moment. saying there are definitely Gross. people of all ages that enjoy that stuff. But their target audience, it's just like with any show or anything. It's it doesn't matter what it is. They have a target audience. There's people outside of the audience yeah. that do like it, but they are trying to hit a majority of a certain demographic. See, I thought it was gonna. And I thought both of those Twilight and Hunger Games are designed for teenagers with a lot of emotional baggage. See, that's what I thought, and. My wife watched The Twilight, and she actually didn't like it. She was like, it's pretty fucking stupid. But then I, she watched The Hunger Games with us, and she was like, no. She goes, that's a little bit more graphic and emotional than Twilight. She's like, Quite. Yeah. Well, Hunger Games, my, I remember Amy was telling me some of the stuff she was reading. She was like, it's a lot of it's like how they were thinking, like when they were actually in the, the games and stuff. 
their thoughts are so fucking violent. They're always talking about, like, what's the best way to kill this person? Well, they're really strong, so I want to use that against them. But I kind of want to, like, pin him to a tree with one of my arrows and then shoot him. Yeah. Like, right through the chest. And, like, the way that she thinks about how to do all these things is, it's not a teenager type endeavor. Although I have to say that the beginning, when they first get unleashed into their little dome of fucking hate, they... It's just a big slaughter fest. All the little kids, they just kill them right off the bat. And it's pretty funny watching them just get their fucking heads chopped up. <laughs> fucking yep. slashed up. I'm like, ah, ah, fucking little kid. Die. Wow. <laughs> oh, it was fucking awesome. That was Michael Benz, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> little bitch. That's what you get. This little scruffy-headed kid just gets fucking dagger we through. We need to have Christina do just our names so we can just, like plug those in i'm telling you that we need was, to blah, blah. yeah <laughs> every day every damn time one of us says something just do that that was all right so this uh this free first got to end because we got a lot of information here we are going to yep. be going over the federal reserve always um, always hilarious yeah yeah this episode's gonna suck so if you were only interested in us because of humor <laughs> Then you've probably I'm been really dis- sorry. You've probably been disappointed for I don't know about seven episodes, <laughs> <laughs> right? Why you're still waiting for the punchline? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I still don't get it. What's what's going on here? We're apologizing. Okay, so just a brief summation of what the Federal Reserve is. Um, it is a central bank. Um, according to their website, they say that they are some part of the government, which is a complete fucking lie. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the Federal Reserve is voted in or can be impeached out. Um, it is not run by the government at all. In fact, they tell our government what the fuck to do. And they do not take orders from the government or its people. First and foremost, that's something that you have to know about the Federal Reserve. Here's actually what's on their website if you want to go and read it. It is considered an independent central bank because its monetary policy decisions do not have to be approved by the president or anyone else in the executive or legislative branches of government. It does not receive funding appropriated by Congress, and the terms of the members of the Board of Governors span multiple presidential and congressional terms. Yeah. And like you were saying, no one's actually voted in, uh, but they actually have the the board members. There are seven board members, and uh, they're appointed by the president, and then their Congress confirms them. It's kind of like you know uh, the Supreme Court. They get confirmations, and then they'll be voted in that way. And they serve – this is what I didn't realize and I looked up. They serve 14-year terms. I was like, wow, that's uh, quite a fucking job there. I mean, get put in there, 14 years, you're good to go. So, Yep. And uh, on this note, for people who are – I know that the presidential elections are going on right now, and you're probably asked deep in a debate, I'm sure, at this point, but uh, – if you really want to know who the most powerful man in the country is, it is not the president. It is the chairman for this Federal Reserve. Yep. He will absolutely make or break a presidential campaign just because he can. Absolutely. The, so. gr- the great Ben Bernanke. As yeah. uh, if people don't know the name, a gentleman by the name of Baron M.A. Rothschild, he has a wonderful quote where he says, Give me control over a nation's currency, and I care not who makes its laws. Mm-hmm. And the Rothschild players are, or they're big players in the central banking yeah. system, which we can we'll get, get into them. We'll get more on that <laughs> later. Yeah. But they're doing exactly that. Um, yeah, the Federal Reserve it was enacted in uh, 1913 by uh, President Woodrow Wilson, that bastard who fucked us. Um, and didn't Woodrow Wilson eventually marry, uh, not a Rothschild, but a, ah, fuck. 
Dude, there, there are a lot of them that are interconnected between the Rockefellers. Yeah, I think it was the Rockefellers. The Rockefellers, the Morgans, um, all those. They're all interconnected. Carnegie's And then all he also had uh, extreme ties to Nelson Aldrich, who was a senator at the time and was kind of the front man for trying to put the Federal Reserve into action. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, uh, do you want to go into the history of central banking and what? Yeah, this... You guys are going to have to give me a little leeway. You guys can break in on this and stuff if you want because I've got quite a bit. I, I want to kind of go through the background of uh, the starting of the banking system and then the central banks in Europe and how they kind of fought their way over to here. Um, first of all, I just wanted to start with like England and stuff. Um, in England, that's kind of where the first banker started out. And what they were, every town had like goldsmiths and stuff, which would – Basically, the goldsmith started because, you know, gold was so heavy to keep dragging all the coins and stuff around. The goldsmith started uh, doing safekeeping. They'd hold the coins and stuff for the people of the towns, and then they'd start writing receipts or, like, the notes where they'd give out for how much gold that they kept on file. And then over time, you know, the paper money was so much more convenient for the people to carry around than instead of, like, bags of gold and stuff. So that's kind of how the system of the paper money came into effect. Dude, inflation would be such a bitch with gold. Oh yeah, yeah. The gold, the gold standards. <laughs> a myth. Any, anytime you ever hear something about, we need to go back to gold standard. That's ridiculous. We, we actually, they tried to implement something like that on us. Uh, England did back in the day, and I mean, we can go into that a little bit later. But yeah, that it's it's impossible. Well, you I'll can't go, do it. Nah, I'll go into a little stat about that, but you can go ahead. Okay. Um, but what happened was, so the goldsmiths started seeing how people would never actually come in to exchange the notes to actually get their gold out i mean they're just so happy having the actual paper money so the goldsmiths saw this and they kind of got together and they're like hey what we can do is we can issue out more paper money than we actually have the gold to back it up because no one's actually ever coming in and getting this so that's kind of where and i know eric wanted to get into this a little bit later so i'll let him but this is where the term like fractional reserve banking kind of came into place this is kind of where that started up where they would actually like you know, they might have one piece of gold instead of one note. They'd issue like 10 notes for that one piece of gold, you know, and then that way they could, you know, they'd make more interest off of it. And like I said, we'll kind of get into that more later. Um, but what they did was they realized in going through governments, uh, the governments in, in England and stuff, they are saying, hey, you know, we're doing all this stuff or we're lending out these notes to people, you know, for the money. But yet we're not we're taking all the risk and we don't get anything in return. So they started having uh, people besides just the gold they'd have to put up collateral to take out loans and stuff you know so they learned to make profits uh, from manipulating the system by either making money you know easy to obtain or tightening so when they made you know uh, like loans and stuff easier to get people would borrow more money and use it for purchases and investments and when they restricted it it made it impossible for some people to pay back debts and uh, take out new loans which would cause them to like go bankrupt and then they'd have to sell their assets, usually to the goldsmiths for pennies on the dollar, which is a system like you still see in place today. Yep. So, um, so what happened is the Bank of England was first established in 1694, and um, this was after like 50 years of um, wars and stuff that England had been in, and they were completely financially ruined. And um, the government allowed the bankers, which they called, there's a term like you'll hear later, uh, money changers is what they'll be called a lot of times back then. Uh, the money changers um, met with officials so they could beg for loans necessary to pursue political purposes and stuff. And basically the price that the government paid was they allowed them to sanction a privately run bank, which was granted the uh, the power to issue money and create out of nothing. 
And that's what started the first um, basically privately owned central bank or the Bank of England. And um, what the deal called for is for um, they, they called for the bank to loan the British government's money. And as long as the government's um, loaned them money, they knew that they're always secured in their debt because then they would tax the British people in order to pay back the debt. So that's how the whole taxation comes in. It's usually just paying back the debts to the central banks, which is kind of what our federal income tax yeah. is. Yeah, a lot of people think the federal income tax like goes to pay the government to do its jobs and stuff. Nope. It's, no, it, the majority of it goes to pay back the not just the interest that we owe from the Federal Reserve, just the interest. Like We can't mm-hmm. even pay them back. It's impossible. We'll go into that a little bit deeper. Yeah, I mean, all this stuff we're going to go into, I'm, like I said, I'm doing really generic kind of overview right now, and then we'll hit on these topics more. But uh, basically how that system would work is the government would sell bonds to the banks for the currency. Um, for, and, and basically, they didn't want to have to tax the population to pay for certain things, So they would, but what would happen is the bonds uh, were paid for with money that the bank created out of nothing. So the bank would create nothing or just paper money, give it to the government, and buy these, you know, for these bonds. And in order, when they cashed in the bonds, the, how the government paid the, them back for it was, you know, the tax dollars. So it was just like, it basically, and it was just this influx of continuously made up money. I mean, it's basically, it's just made up out of thin air, which all this money influxed into the system would cause inflation to rise. Massive inflation. So within four years of the creation of the bank, the British debt had increased from $1.5 million to over $16 million. You got to think this is back in like 1700 So $16 million, quite a bit of cash. Um, of course, that caused um, the British government to have to raise taxes, and it caused multiple financial booms and busts. And the purpose of the central bank in the first place was to stabilize the economy and keep these things from happening. So it's always touted. And... Um, I kind of just want to hit just briefly on the Rothschilds. I just got a couple little notes. I don't want to go in detail because we're going to hit that later. But um, Amschel Rothschild, who was the uh, son of uh, Baron Rothschild. Yes. Um, he was an investment banker. He took over his father's business. And he learned that basically instead of lending to just private people, if he lent to governments and kings, he'd make a lot more money than did private individuals. Because not only could the loans be much greater but he knew that the debt were always going to be secured by that nation taxing its people. Now, he had five sons that he trained in this practice, and he sent them off, and they all moved to different capitals, like major points of Europe. Like one went to London, Paris, Naples, and so on. And um, over this practice that they performed, they became one of the wealthiest families by the mid-1800s, um, from mainly investing in wars, and the biggest profits were the Napoleonic Wars between England and France, which they manipulated the war, basically, and gained most of their uh, hold, and that's kind of how they got their way into the central banking system. Um, And they also, in the 1800s, they financed the monopolies that kind of ran, and when we start getting to, uh, like, the Federal Reserve and who kind of schemed to do it, um, he financed the people that kind of ran that. He financed the Harrimans who were in the railroads, the Vanderbilts who were in railroads and uh, newspapers, and the Carnegies who were in charge of the uh, steel industry. And the name you'll hear later is J.P. Morgan, which everybody knows from J.P. Morgan Chase now. He was the financier, like their financier arm in the, in the states who kind of got those guys up and running. Um, now kind of take a step back to um, the 1700s again with England. Um, by the mid-1700s, the England had been in four wars since the creation of the central bank and had amassed a debt of over 140 million borrowing. And in order to um, pay the debt, 
they put a program in place where they had to raise revenue on American colonies to pay back the interest. And um, due to a shortage of metal, precious metals and stuff in the colonies, they said, you know, kind of like, well, okay, well, we can't handle this, so we're going to have to come up with our own form of currency. And they called it colonial script. And uh, doing this, it was a debt-free um, cash that they did within, you know, just the colonies. And because of it, um, they were just prosperous. I mean, they were very prosperous. They had no debt, no interest to pay. Uh, they weren't, you know, beholden to anybody. And Ben Franklin was a big part of this. Now, he was kind of a conduit back and forth between England at the time. And on one of his trips to England when he was there, um, some of the officials of the Bank of England got a hold of him. And they asked him, you know, what the hell's going on over there? How are you guys able to maintain this prosperity and grow the way you are? And his uh, reply was this. Um, that is simple. In the colonies, we issue our own money. It is called colonial script. We issue it to proper proportion to the demands of trade and industry to make the products pass easily from producers to consumers. In this manner, creating ourselves our own paper money, we control its purchasing power, and we have no interest to pay to no one. And um, the bank officials freaked, you know, because they're like, okay, if we can't hold them under with our money system, you know, they're going to be able to do what they, they do. We can't control them because debt is control. So they went to Parliament. Of course, they had all the people within Parliament on their side, and they passed what they called the Currency Act of 1764, which prohibited the colonialists from creating their own money, and it ordered them to pay all of the taxes to England from then on in either gold or silver, basically put them on a gold standard. Um, now, because they didn't have the metals available, within a couple years after passing the act, Franklin made the statement, in one year, with conditions were so reversed that in the era prosperity ended and depression set in, to an extent that the streets of the colonies were filled with unemployed. So, this was kind of actually the beginning of the reason why we started the um, American Revolution. And uh, Franklin even noted it in his biography. There's a part, uh, this is a partial quote of a much longer one. It says, the inability of colonists to get power to issue their own money permanently out of the hands of uh, King George III and the international bankers was the prime reason for the Revolutionary War. So that's the beginning of kind of why we broke off. I mean, it started with the central banks and then, you know, them trying to pass the laws and stuff to come on into the country. So, of course, after the Revolutionary War was fought, um, we're kind of in a financial calamity in the States because it's the same thing. You know, you don't have the capital, you don't have the cash, you have to fight these wars. So, the American government actually granted a charter to what they called the Bank of North America, which was actually modeled after the Bank of England. And uh, it used fractional reserve banking, charged interest on currency, it couldn't back up, and they started seeing similar problems with the same bank. So after four years when the charter expired, they dissolved it. And then a group of investors six years later tried to start up another bank, and uh, it was run by Alexander Hamilton. He, it was him and some other investors. And um, you know they didn't get going until six years later. He became Secretary of the Treasury, and he helped ram a privately owned central bank through Congress, which they called the First Bank of the United States. Um, of course, Jefferson and Madison were completely opposed to it, and uh, Jefferson stated at the time, if the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency by uh, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and the corporations which grow up around them will deprive the people of the property until the children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. 
And he continued by saying the issuing power should be taken from the banks and restored to the people who own it properly. Um, however, what happened was Hamilton and his colleagues were able to get the majority of the delegates at the Constitutional Convention to not add into the Constitution a portion that said that Congress would be the only ones allowed to issue money. So by um, 1791, there was a bill passed giving a 10-year charter to the first bank of the United States. And within the first five years of the banking system, the U.S. borrowed $8.2 million, and the prices on goods rose by 72%. And then Jefferson made a statement that said, I wish it were possible to attain a single amendment to our Constitution, taking from the federal government their power of borrowing. And then by 1811, when the charter came up, they voted it down completely. Um, it was denied by one vote. And then they tried to do it again in 1816. They tried to pass one uh, bill to get us the second bank of the United States. And on this one, they actually had international bankers involved in uh, the funding. And this is where the Rothschilds came in because they were part of the international funds that started to get into the, trying to centralize the bank here in the United States. And then by 1828, Andrew Jackson was elected and his priority and his election was killing the central bank. But the second, the problem was the bank had a 20-year charter that wouldn't be up until 1836, which was at the end of his first term, if he is re-elected or not. And um, because he fought so hard against it, they were kind of worried about it because he was very popular. So what they did is they went to Congress early and tried to get an extension put on for a four-year vote. And it passed Congress, and then Jackson vetoed it, and Congress was unable to override it. So when he ran for um, election, his campaign slogan was Jackson and no bank. Yep. <laughs> Which I love that. Just right off the it's bat. Great. It's like, vote for me, Jackson and no bank. <laughs> <laughs> Which he, uh, so he won that even though the banks had poured over $3 million. And you gotta, I mean, just think about the time frame of this. You know, $3 million is ridiculous amount of money into his opponent's campaign. Um, so anyway, Jackson went on to win it. And of course, he was going to kill the bank. But um, the president of the bank at the time, his name was Nicholas Biddle. And he was um, he declared basically he came out and said he was going to contract the money supply in order to cause a recession, and, which he did. And it caused, uh, I mean, a really deep recession, which he and the Congress and stuff tried to blame on Jackson, which caused him the censuring. Um, now, later on, though, before the end of Jackson's term, Proof came out that proved that Biddle had done this purposely. So he was brought up on fraud charges and jailed, uh, whereas Jackson was successful, you know, in his claim. So at the end of his term, he basically came out and said, you know, his biggest accomplishment in his entire presidency was the fact that he killed the bank. And then, of course, we didn't have another centralized bank in the country until 77 years later, which is the Federal Reserve. Yep. Did you get all that? That you guys awesome. awake? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I don't remember anything you just said. <laughs> I know he's over there, fucking looking at porn on the internet. Okay. No, I'm actually looking at a. This is gonna make Eric laugh. This is a petition to abolish the Federal Reserve Act. Nice. It should be. We'll, we'll put that abolished. We'll now put, we'll put that on our page. Everybody sign that. When we, when we talk about this, I want to bring up one thing. What? The Fed could do. Hear me correctly. The Fed could do a lot of great things for the country. Okay? It doesn't. It, it doesn't. And here's here's why. Um, I'm going to read this part because this is probably the most impactful part to this petition. Um, we're talking about the last 85 years. Uh, basically, 
through the 20s, through the 30s, the things like that. Um, who do you think is responsible? This is off of the petition, and we will probably end up posting this to our website. Who do you think is responsible for all the ups and downs in our economy over the last 85 years? Think about the depression of the late 20s and all through the 30s. The Fed could have pumped lots of debt slash money into the market to stimulate the economy and get the, uh, the country back on track. But did they? They retracted, actually. No. In fact, they restricted the money supply quite severely. We all know the results that occurred from that last action, don't we? Why would the Fed do this? During that period, asset values and stocks were at rock-bottom prices. Who do you think was buying everything at 10 cents on the dollar? JP Morgan? I, yep. <laughs> I believe that it is yep. referred to as consolidating the wealth. How many times have they already done this in the last 85 years? Do you think they will do it again? They already have. They've stolen a lot of Americans' homes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've already stolen their corporations. What else do they have? Their homes. And they're getting them now. Mm -hmm. And it's been going on for a while. The system's bogged down, so it doesn't look as bad as it is. But it's so bogged down with fucking foreclosures that they can't process them all fast enough. They're... They're just stealing people's property is pretty much what they're doing. And you know something, too, if you look at it, until the Federal Reserve came in place, we only had, like, two major recessions. And one of them was under Jackson when they, when basically the president of the bank, like I just said, that Biddle guy, he intentionally contracted the money supply to cause it because he was trying to bring pain down on Jackson. Because yeah, both of them were manufactured. And then, in, and then in 1907, where J.P. Morgan and those guys got together yeah. and they did the same goddamn thing. And it's both, you know, both times it was completely due to the bankers. What J.P. Morgan did in 1907 is he, uh, he didn't outright say which bank but he said that a major bank was going to go down, that it was going to close its doors. And that created a massive panic. And everybody started to do, they call it running the bank. Mm -hmm. And that's where they go and they just pull out all their money, which essentially just kills the bank and kills uh, the system itself. Yep. And he manufactured that complete crash. Yep. And that's so what then he can enact the Federal Reserve. And, and that's what we're talking about the fractional reserve because they don't have the money on hand. So when there's a run on the banks, you're running in there. You think that all the money that you have is in there. No, because no, they're. Because they have to call in their loans. Yes. And they're loaning out yeah. 10 times the amount that they actually have on hand at all so, times. So, yeah, fractional reserve banking, how it works, it's a fiat currency system. And when you make a deposit, that deposit goes into what's called excessive reserve. And out of that excessive reserve, they can make almost nine times as much money out of thin air that they can loan out. So if you put $10 into the bank, they can essentially make $9.99 of loans out to people. And it just progresses. Because what do most people do whenever they get a loan from the bank? Deposit it. So then they can make more money off of that. Mm -hmm. And they just keep on creating this money, and that's what happens when you go and you pull out uh, money from your account. They have to call in loans because they don't have the money. Um, just a absolutely horrible, horrible system, and it's to where they can manufacture recessions and depressions. So what they did was after the 1907 crash, and everybody was freaked out about the economy and all that stuff. Um, they secretly went to a island off of Georgia called Jekyll Island, uh, where it was. They didn't use their names. They used, and they didn't even have last names. It was stuff like David, Mark, and stuff like that. But uh, people that went were uh, top international bankers. Uh, Senator Nielsen Aldrich was there. J.P. Morgan was there. There's a lot of other people. 
Um, and they actually, a lot of people also used uh, Aldrich's uh, private rail car to get down to Georgia. Uh, so nobody would know where they were going and what they were doing. Um, and it was a claimed duck hunt. But pretty much what it was is that they were uh, hunting America and coming up with the Federal Reserve Act and uh, used uh, Senator Aldrich as the front man to kind of go in. And it was touted as uh, a fail-safe that would alleviate our economic woes and we wouldn't have meltdowns, we wouldn't have recessions and all this other bad stuff that we had been dealing with that was caused by the same people that were telling us that this was the fail-safe. Yep. So then in December uh, in 1913 is when Woodrow Wilson passed it. And then uh, Woodrow Wilson also later said that, uh, I'm a most unhappy man. I've unwittedly ruined my country. A great industrial nation is controlled by its system of credit. Our system of credit is concentrated. The growth of the nation, therefore, and all of its activities are in the hands of a few men, which are international bankers. We have come to be one of the worst ruled, or yeah, one of the worst ruled, one of the most completely controlled and dominated governments in the civilized world. No longer a government by free opinion, no longer a government by conviction and the vote of the majority, but a government by the opinion and duress of a small group of dominant men. That's from the guy that actually put in the Federal Reserve Act. Yep. He saw that it was an absolutely terrible idea. And the system itself, and this is where me and Boxor disagree, because I don't think the Federal Reserve can do any good, because the system itself is corrupt and meant for this purpose to steal our money and make us wage slaves, period. That is it. What do you think about that, Boggs? Um, what you got, boy? And a um, great, great stat. I'll have to put it up on our website. I don't have it right in front of me, but I, I remember seeing it, where they took um, about 50 years uh, before the Federal Reserve Act was enacted. And inflate, there wasn't much inflation at all. Not, not a lot at all. Once it got put into place, if you go the next 50 years, massive inflation. It went from you have to spend roughly about $27 and like 28 cents to cover what a dollar was worth back when the Federal Reserve Act was enacted. I was going to say, God damn it, I had something on that. That is hugely massive inflation. How in the world in 100 years can it just flip like that so fast? It's because of the system itself and how it's created and how fractional reserve banking works. It creates money out of thin air. It's not backed by anything. And actually there was a guy up in... um, Minnesota. This is a while ago, but he was actually able to uh, not get his house foreclosed because he told the courts that he had to put collateral in order to get the loan to get his house. And the bank had to put up collateral as well. But he argued that the bank didn't actually even have collateral at all. They just made it up, which is exactly what they do. And he was allowed to keep his house. So amen to that guy. Okay, this is a little off because I I got this from... uh the thing that it's probably about 10 years old, but from 1913 until now, inflation on the dollar has gone up 2,950%. The guy that wrote the thing, he compared it to, um, in 1950, you'd be able to go out to like an IHOP or something, get a breakfast, you know, with like eggs, sausage, tass browns, juice, your pancakes and stuff. He said it cost about 39 cents. Um, like I said, this is about 10 years old from this, but, and then at this time he's like, you know, now it runs for about $10, yeah. not nine sixty. That's the difference. About 40 cents to about $10. To Massive get a inflation. And, and the, 
like a lot of I, I still can't believe that people don't understand this that money is debt I mean if you have a dollar in your pocket or laying around take a gander at it it will say for all debts mm-hmm. public and private money is debt it is put that way so then you have to work in order to pay off the debts yeah, I wish this is where I, like I said, I kind of did all the background stuff. I wish I would have pulled the numbers, but like I said, you know, if you look at America from the beginning until the Federal Reserve was put in place, we had like two recessions, and since then we've had, uh, of course, really two depressions. I mean, you can call the meltdown we had a few years ago. That was practically a depression too, and we have a recession about what every four or five years. It seems like we have a small dip recession at least. Yeah, I mean, it's constant. So I mean, think about, it, you know, hundreds. And they're manufactured. Yeah. Oh, I mean, of course. But I mean, you're saying 100 some years, a couple recessions, which war, I mean, brought on because the bankers did them. You know, like I said, Biddle, J.P. Morgan, they basically flat out said, hey, this is what we did. And they did purposely constricted the flow to bring them on. Since then, since the Federal Reserve's been in place, it's constant. I mean, every five or six years, you're going to go through a recessionary period. And then look at the inflation cost, the way it's gone up. The bank has done... I mean, to stabilize the economy, I mean, that's a goddamn joke. It's done the exact opposite. It's made it, you know, 100 times greater for us to have booms and busts and destabilization. Yeah, and the, like, federal income tax, that's not the Federal Reserve taxing us. That is the United States taxing us. Yep. And that's the United States taxing us because they have to pay back the Federal Reserve. What happens is is that when the United States needs it, and you already kind of went over it, they say, hey, we need X amount of dollars. They say, okay, we need X amount of bonds. The U.S. government gives them those bonds. They give them the currency, but they give them the currency with interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, exactly how does the United States get the money to pay back? Not only the money that they borrowed, but the interest. I know. I try to explain this to people before. I'm like, think about it this way. Hmm. The bank creates $100 and loans it to you and they're like seven percent interest on that so now you have to pay it back with a hundred so when you pay it back you have to pay back 107 well they only created a hundred dollars there's not another seven dollars out there so there's always going to be debt it's just perpetual debt you cannot ever pay it back that's the point it's to make us wage slaves and you're right and i wish i would have looked that up i forgot the year but i mean the income tax we never had an income tax in this country until after the federal reserve took over and then it was passed just within a few years i can't yeah. remember the date on it god yeah. a few years sorry kids look it up mm-hmm. and actually uh, here let me get you the back to that petition yeah look that up real fast look when, when the was income the income tax, tax created if yeah. you guess 1913 the you're same wrong. year that the fed was created was it the same year you get a gold star oh really <laughs> oh shit i thought it was a couple years after well, not according to this okay well that, i mean i know i was thinking it was like 19 17 or I thought it was within a few years so that's even that just proves it and it's like Eric saying that's the reason why we have an income tax it's only it's not to build roads and bridges and schools for your kids it is strictly to pay back the debt the debt that you can never pay back because like we just said you can't pay back interest on money that hasn't been you created yeah really um, there was a study done and they looked at you know how much the US government was borrowing from the Federal Reserve and uh, essentially what it came down to was that uh, the federal income tax that we pay pretty much only pays back the interest. Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't even pay back what we originally borrowed. Yep. So we are in a continual... Like, I love it when people talk about the deficit and all that shit. It's like, I'm sorry, but eh, we're always going to have a deficit as long as we have the Federal Reserve in place. Yes. <laughs> as long as we let bankers run our lives and tell yeah. us what to do. And unlike those initial centralized banks that had, like, 10-year charters and 20-year charters, the uh, Federal Reserve... No, it's unlimited. Yeah, they're, they're they were there until we get rid of them. They're there. Well, actually, originally it was passed with a hundred-year charter, which would have ran out next year in 2013. But then uh, Congress later on went ahead and revoked that, and they gave them an open-ended one. Yeah. So it's a permanent charter now. The, yes. The, the biggest problem that I have is that even if we amass the troops and really try and educate people about this. It's going to be really hard because these people will not go down without a fight because you're talking about taking away a huge chunk of their money and pretty much destroying their elitist status and the control of the U.S. government that they have. They run every country. Every country's got a... I mean, the Bank and of England's still in place. There's believe me, they will put their patsies on all news organizations. They will fund all kinds of grassroots organizations like they do the Tea Party. They will come up with... Uh, uh, they'll do research and stuff, and they'll have think tanks that come up with papers that you know show that they do good. I mean, they will. The propaganda chain train will be going full yep. force if the American people actually stand up and say that they don't want it. They are going to pump propaganda like nobody's business. And that's that's why I mentioned with the Rothschilds how they funded all these monopolies because they got in with these guys and then they financed them with their made up money basically, so they could take over the railroad systems, the newspaper systems. I mean, these people still own everything today. It's just down down the line. I mean, if you go back and you can look at the look up the Rothschilds, they still are major players in everything. I mean, yep. the the family line, I mean, it's not like Amshell still hanging around, but but they they own a shitload of corporations and Yeah, I mean, this is this is probably what I have a problem with with the Fed is that um we've let a few families just take over Everything, yeah, and the purpose of Congress doing what the Fed does, all the monetary policy. The purpose of that is that you still have three, you know, three hundred people in one room and one hundred people in another making policies. Uh, instead, they get to owe people stuff. And by the way, that's that's kind of why I have an issue with elections in general, is because they try to fund so much of their their uh, uh, campaign through you know big oil, Romney. Um, through, damn, I'm sure Walmart has a stake too. Oh yeah, they're they're big players in the conservative donations. <laughs> Probably. The well, they're all the it's all the same. Democrats do the same shit. They have to. You can't compete otherwise. Yeah, and and really like disabling the Federal Reserve, it would not be the end of America. I guarantee it. If no. we actually had control over our own money, it would be a shitload better for everybody. Yeah, I think, and that's originally what, like, you know, Jefferson and Madison, that's what they originally wanted. The intent was for Congress to be in charge of controlling money, because if they controlled money, then we would have no interest. We'd and you probably no wouldn't debt. have to work as hard either to provide for your family and for yourself. No, no. I mean, think about it. Well, we Life have, would be easier. Well, we would have income tax right off the bat. And you would have so. more time to do other things and pursue... Uh, and you know what else? Think about it, because they control the interest rates. Your interest rates on your mortgages, your car loans credit cards well credit cards were a bank initiated thing but they wouldn't be through the government but i mean you're thinking about all your interest rates would be nothing i mean as opposed to paying you know eight nine percent for a loan now i mean you would literally get it for what the banks are getting it for which is 
what a quarter of a percent i think the banks now when they're taking loans out of the fed they're not even paying a, a half a percent yeah. for their loans and then they turn around issue the money out to us and then charge us five six you know if you have a credit card or bad credit 15 18 percent it's and they're working on other things too i mean uh there's a huge propaganda train to try and get rid of the uh, social security like i was saying earlier and the main reason is because they're looking for another way to steal your money Another way to steal your money is to get it out of the government's hands and have you put it into stock markets to where they have complete control mm-hmm. and they can completely crash everything and steal all your money. Yeah. It's, that's essentially what it is. I mean, the foreclosures is part of it. Uh, this propaganda train to try and get rid of Social Security. Um, definitely trying to get rid of uh, any kind of uh, government control over Medicare and Medicaid and, you know, giving people, you know, just typical benefits to take care of themselves how dare us want to want to have a uh, cheap health care to take care of our families we're just selfish little bastards aren't we meanwhile they're sitting nice and pretty up in their multi-million dollar home or one of their multi-million dollar homes that they own and uh taking a giant dump in golden plated bathtubs like fuck you yeah i mean it's ridiculous you and- do not have the right to tell me that I can't have Social Security and that I should ha- be financially secure when I get to the point to where I can't work. What they want is they want you to work until you're 70 or dead. Once again, wage slave. I think that if they if they ever did a full audit, if they were able to do an accurate audit. No, I don't think the Federal Reserve has ever been audited. It hasn't. I mean, they, there's, they have actually. Fox there's, might know more about that. There was a uh, the Federal. Nope. There's a federal, the federal <laughs> God damn it. The, they passed in 1978 what they called the Federal Banking Agency Audit Act, and it actually allows auditing, but here's what it, okay, so they can audit the Fed, but it's so limited. Here's, or, here are the things that they can't audit them on. Transactions for or with foreign central banks or governments and non-private international financing organizations. Deliberations, decisions, or actions on monetary monetary policy matters. <laughs> I, I know, like the most important shit. I, I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, that's not all. Um, they can't. Okay, for they can't do uh, audit on transactions made under the direction of the Federal Open Market Committee or a part of any discussion or communication among or between members of the Board of Governors and officers and employees of the Federal Reserve System related to the items of the first couple things I mentioned, which are the transactions and deliberations and blah, blah, blah. So basically, (laughs) they can walk in and look at the place and see if they've been, like, mopping the floors and shit. I mean, that's that's about as far as – I mean, it's – it's like, what the fuck is the point of that goddamn thing? If you actually did a full legitimate audit – I don't believe you've been high-dusting, sir. Oh, my God. If they did a legitimate <laughs> audit and I think all the shit came out of oh, what they've been man. pulling, I think that we'd be able to yank the plug on that fucking thing so fast. I don't think – but you're not going to see it. It's like you said. You're not going to see it. Uh, it. It amazes me that people don't understand this and that it's not put in our – well, I know why it's not put in our education system, but it, it just amazes me that people don't understand exactly what the Federal Reserve is and does. I will say this. I mean, I know Al-Qaeda is supposed to be bad and all, but – did you? I, I was showing Eric this before we started blogs. Um, this week, there's a guy arrested in New York trying to blow up. Um, there's the Federal Reserve. I mean, they have the main one, of course, in D.C. Then they have like 12 like major hubs. Like they have the New York, yeah. L.A., blah, 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 all those, right? So this one dude, he's roughly uh, supported by Al-Qaeda. And he was 
plotting to uh, blow up the Federal Reserve Bank in New York. So I guess he's kind of on our side a little bit. He knows <laughs> he's trying to take. I'm not endorsing that. I'm just letting here's the uh, government officials out there. Here's the uh, answer on whether or not they've been uh, audited. So let me get to this. In a word, yes. This is off of a website called yeah, Answers. I, I told you they've been audited. Just not by the any. Federal Reserve has frequent internal audits performed by its oh, Office of the Inspector go. General. There's that. There is also a complete audit of the financial statements of the Federal Reserve every year by a private in- external auditing firm, currently Deloitte. So I was like, okay, well, who owns Deloitte? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We work with them. At Deloitte and Bear Stearns. This is from Forbes magazine on their website. Oh, Bear Stearns. That's yeah, it. Yeah, you ready? Right. Video Deloitte's audits were so deficient that the audit amounted to no audit at all. <laughs> Imagine that. Awesome. So they're being audited by non-auditors. Yes. <laughs> that's great. I, I believe that. Yeah, that's oh. not surprising at all. I mean. It's like they, they get to just they get to just let me not Google anything. So, um, I think the the moral is is that before you get all like crazy about these uh, movements and these uh, little things about trying to get rid of uh, government policies, uh, you need a, a big question mark because usually if they're taking away a policy, that's taking away money, and that's where is that money going to be funneled, and that's where you find the actual reason why this is going to or they're trying to take it away. Um, and that's precisely it. I mean, they've, they've already taken our corporations. They did that pretty easily. Uh, now they've taken homes. They did that pretty damn easily. Uh, and now they're going to work on your, uh, social security and retirement benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're doing a pretty good job. If you look at, uh, a lot of uh, pundits and a lot of new news organizations and then a lot of independent researches, think tanks, Tea Party movement and all that other stuff, you will hear them constantly say that Social Security is bankrupt. No, it's not. It's actually got a massive surplus. Like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah, it's good for like the next 30 years. And there's a cap now. Like, when you make up to, I, I, I'm going to get this wrong, but it's like if you, uh, over $200,000, like if you make up to 200000 like you get Social Security tax taken out. Any amount over that, you don't. So they could just raise the cap like $50,000 and it would make it solvent for like the next 77 years or yeah. something. I mean, it's, it's, it has no part of our debt whatsoever. It is not bankrupt whatsoever. It is a, a good system. There are people that cannot survive without it. Yep. As I've stated earlier, the Medicare needs an overhaul. That's true. Yeah. I mean, th- <laughs> social security. No, there's things that definitely need overhaul, but these people want to get rid of it. It's not yep. necessarily an overhaul. They want to get rid of it and they want you to uh, do private investing with your uh, social security yep. money. And that's a horrible way because obviously that's a fixed yeah. system and they can just take everything you have. How would, last time. It's pretty much Scientology without <laughs> you knowing that's going on. It's uh, they're they're taking your money, but they're not like giving you audits and uh, telling you about your thetans. And I was gonna stuff. say they don't. You don't even get your thetans removed for the <laughs> yeah. money you're getting. Yeah, you don't even it. get clear. You just get fucked in the ass, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and really, honestly, like the the. the people that are wealthy they they don't need to concern themselves with this shit it no. makes no difference in fact it, it helps them because then they can uh, profit off of it yep definitely so when these pundits and all these other people are coming on these news organizations and telling you this do your research don't be a low information voter and just say you know what i like that guy and he's saying something that i like so i'm just gonna go yeah. with it i'm sorry but and it's it's funny how they term it like they put it like social security's bankrupt 
They also put that you, the government shouldn't have control over your money. You should be able to do what you want with it, which is what Bush's whole thing was when mm-hmm. he was talking about uh, That's a having that option. Mindset. Yep. Hey, actually, uh, I have something to note on that too. On the note of you should be able to do with what you're, uh, with your, uh, you should be able to do yep. with your money what you want. Uh, how many times have you heard anybody say something about like an investment where? Uh, they protect consumers on investments because if like the company goes under, the only thing that you're liable for is whatever you've invested in the company. Anybody heard that before? <laughs> nope. You haven't heard that? Okay, well, that, that's true. That's true, but let me tell you what else that, that lets happen. Anybody remember the Gulf oil spill? Yep. Not vaguely. Okay, so... <laughs> Just a little bit. Corporations have the... Every right that you have except the right to vote. Yeah. They're considered a person. Yeah, they are people. That means that they can also own other companies. Yep. And now, land. Yep. They can definitely... Well, I mean, I don't really care about that so much because you, you kind of have to own land if you want to set up like a factory. That's, some, that's just kind of something you have to do. But what I have a problem with is that they can own other companies. And here's why. The Gulf Oil Spill. It was a front company. And it was a company that said, you know what? We can do this, but it's going to be kind of risky. Let's front a company, we'll all run it, and we'll just fund, I don't know, $25 million into the company. They dodged safety rights, they dodged um, a lot of different practices that they wouldn't otherwise dodge, because, hey, if it, if it turns out to be good, whatever, we make a lot of money. If it doesn't, ah, it's $25 million. Whatever. Who cares? Not a big deal. Well, we all know how that went. They spilled and caused, I, God, I don't even know what the number is on... Let me let me Google that. Talking about the damage. The, yeah, the damages to the oh, hundreds of billions. It was a lot because you got to think of all the the small companies on the coast that lost, uh, um, you know, vacationers going down to the Gulf, and you got to think about uh, all the restaurants and everything that get their shrimp and fish from the Gulf. Yeah, it's uh, still the point though is you know how much they're liable for. Twenty five million. That I'm because that company okay. was dissolved. And Ridiculous. and the company that dissolved. the company yeah oh yeah they they said fuck <laughs> man we're gonna destroy this front company yep. well you know what the people said they're like we're sorry <laughs> we didn't mean to do all this fantastic and then they said we're gonna pay back all that we're liable for that's the way they worded it well what are they liable for everything the company is worth which is twenty five million yep. because that's how much they've invested in that company that means that. Anytime a company wants to take a giant risk and ignore safety standards, just ignore any company, yep. they can just make another one and then run it. And then if it happens to just completely fold, it doesn't matter if people died on this rig. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, they're liable for $25 million. So think to yourself how much bullshit that is. Yeah, uh, that's our... That's, that's cool. the that's kind of that's the same reason why I don't like the, the Federal Reserve and the, the fact that we've got. It's not that well, monetary that's cor- policy. That, that's our corporate laws right there. That's the that's a problem with the way our corporate law system set up. Yes. Well, th- this is the other thing that I that I think is hilarious. I've had an argument on Facebook before with with shit like this. Um, we're digressing away from central banking. I was trying to tie it back <laughs> in, but I'm gonna keep going now. It's all right. We go on rants all the time. Yeah. I think everybody's uh, used to it. Somebody was saying like. You can't have corporate taxes. This is an argument I heard on Facebook this week. You can't have corporate taxes because then corporations, they just they just start shipping labor off seas. They just start doing all these things to corner cut and stuff. So we'll, let's just let them get by. He was like, the, there, was, there were a few, company, uh, few countries, I'm sorry, like Sweden, that had like 50% corporate tax rates at one point, and it just crashed their economy because all these companies were so disincentivized to work. And I was like, okay, first off, 
when you come to taxing companies like this, they're dodging their taxes. They're not paying taxes. Here's how they're doing it. Oh, yeah, they find if lots you, of ways. If you have a company in Texas, you just create another company that's across seas in, like, some country that doesn't have fucking taxes, and you go, hey, they charged me a fee, and, man, it cleared out 50% of my income, so I have to claim 50% less. I had to pay them a fee. They fucking own the other company. Oh, my God. It's getting real violent <laughs> over there. No, it's the truth. That's the truth. That's how they dodge tax. So when you, when you approach me with, oh, no, you can't have corporate taxes. They'll, they'll ship labor across seas. We won't get jobs anymore. Think about that. I they don't it, fucking pay taxes. I think a lot of corporations do that. It's the same thing, too, is um, also, like, they'll have companies set up overseas. You know, they, of course, they get the labor cheaper and they get the less tax rates. But they'll build products, you know, a product that would cost $100 over here. But then you build over there for, let's say, 10 bucks, And then they'll sell it back to their own company over here for the full pro- the price of it. So then they don't have to pay the – or they have to pay, like, the lower tax rate over there for it to come over here. And they don't get taxed again on it. It's some weird thing. I was hearing about that. They were talking about the other night with some of the companies, especially with the with Romney and this stuff This is right why. Now. This is why, because they can own other companies. They've got tons of schemes, man. So oh, here's, yeah. here's and by the, the way, rich find a way not to pay. By the way, if for people who think that uh, like the president of Argentina is like a big socialist communist bastard, and he hates America and all, this Ugo. is why, because the Argentinian president stood up and said, you know what, fuck you, I'm not going to buy into this American oil corporation. I'm not going to let them drill on our land. So what did these companies do? They fucking drilled them in the media. Oh, they, yeah. That's why people have such this hiatus about uh, Argentina and why we, should, we shouldn't like Argentina. Well, why? That's why. Because he said no. He said no. You're not going to get to come into my land. You're not going to get to come into Argentina and drill all these things and then not have Argentinian profits. Yeah, I like how you know there's all these like actually dictators. I mean, hell, look how good of buddies we are with Saudi Arabia and look how they treat their fucking people. You know, yeah. but they're they're fantastic because you know we have. I don't know what oil revenues and stuff set up through them. We get oil from them, so they're good. But Argentina, like you said, you know, Hugo Chavez is like, I'm not going to play this goddamn game with you guys. And so it's like, oh, he's terrible human. Look at it. He just, he treats his people awful. He's a horrible human. We need to get him out of there. It's like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> you kidding me? Yeah, if you don't play ball with America, man, we can turn you into a fucking piece of shit real quick. We got oh, yeah. Our news um, media. I, I I get absolutely disgusted with how uh, ignorant people are and how they just blindly follow whatever uh, you know newscaster they they follow. They just run with whatever they say. You know, it's like, oh yeah, well, you know, they they wouldn't lie to me. No way. They're not a pundit. They're they're not a they're not somebody that gets paid by these corporations or gets money under the table or whatever. I mean, no way. They're Fox News has never lied to me. They're independents. Um, they, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't you fucking laugh. You keep going. Timekeepers. Yeah, Time we're keepers. fucking right at the hour. Maybe we should do a two part. Mm. Yeah, fuck that. Who really cares about the Federal Reserve anyway? Fuck them. <laughs> no, essentially, what it comes down to is, and th- this is my point, and, um, I know that I, I don't really know exactly how many people listen to our show. Nobody, but, but we're doing it, goddammit. But I, I hope that you just, before you come up with opinions, you inform yourself. And you actually do a little research, you do some digging, you find out where the money trail goes, and you really come up with the answer. Because like you said, is some people that are listening, they might actually think that Hugo, Hugo Chavez is an evil bastard. But if you actually do the research, 
the people down there love him. Yeah. They absolutely love him. Uh, but he's just portrayed that way in the States. And that goes for a lot of world leaders that are not on our side or don't mm-hmm. let our corporations go in and butt rape their entire country. Mm-hmm. So like- follow the fucking money trail. Do some research. Don't become a low-information voter. And don't get stuck in these little uh, quandaries that, um, you know, like the Social Security is bankrupt. Like that, That's such a stupid statement. And... Just because somebody says it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. And that even goes for us. If you don't believe what we say, do some research. Look at what we do. Like I said, I put everything up on the Facebook page that I do. Not these assholes. Nah. But yeah, I, I do. Research is fair. You can debunk my ass pretty quick. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm saying that nobody is perfect. Nobody has all the answers. It's impossible. Yeah. Do some research. Find Except it out for, for yourself. Don't have an opinion on something that you do not know anything about and i think we're the only talk show that will ever ever truly say if we're wrong about something and you prove us wrong we will fucking admit it oh yeah calls out i don't, I don't care no i mean we try and do the best we can because i i really want to know i want the information i want to know the truth yeah. i want to know what's behind everything and i want to know how things work but, but we but we're still right yeah i mean when we do these shows <laughs> yeah. i mean we try and all do but some I research will completely debunk your debunk yeah exactly <laughs> but, we, but we do the research and stuff and we try and put up but i mean you know we got limited time and we jump around a lot we fucking throw ourselves off so i mean we're not going to get everything out like i went through my brief history i left out tons of details and tons of uh, ac- you know extra stuff because i didn't want to beat you guys down for longer than i did which was probably about 10 or 12 minutes already so no, it was like half an hour bro <laughs> you're literally half the show this time around so that's good so if you guys are still awake and listening then yeah wake the fuck up hey it's good it's goddamn it, it's good information you guys need to know this oh i do want to say one thing there's a just based on this and it's got a ton more information there's a documentary done in the mid 90s it's called the money masters and if you look that up it's basically got a lot of the stuff that i went over and a ton more and it, it's really i mean look it's about three hours long and i know if this show fucking yeah. beats you after about 10 minutes you're not gonna be able to handle it but if you're actually interested in learning about this that's a great documentary and if you don't mind reading a monotonous book on uh fractional reserve banking you can read a wonderful little thing that was written by the federal reserve bank of chicago and it's called modern money mechanics i've read it twice uh it that shows you how boring i can be (laughs) (laughs) but it it goes into exactly how money creation works and how the banking system actually works and it's really just twisted when you start reading and you're like seriously that's how it fucking runs like that's ridiculous there's there's a couple things i i know we're about to call this a fucking day but um during the uh, civil war and stuff we had to when abraham lincoln like the union split he put out what they called greenback dollars or basically kind of like the colonial script i talked about the very beginning show where they did their own paper money no debt nothing and and they're paying the soldiers in it and they kind of made it the currency of the north and um it kind of got back to um england what was going on with that as well and this is before he got assassinated so you might want to put this together but <laughs> but in 1865 there's an op-ed in the london times that wrote um if that mich- mischievous financial policy which had its origin in north american republic during the late war in that country should become indurated down to a fixture then that government will furnish its own money without cost it will pay off its debts and without debt it will become prosperous beyond precedent in the history of civilized governments of the world the brains and wealth of all countries will go to North America. That government must be destroyed or it will destroy every monarchy on the globe. 
So I mean, that's you can actually pull that up. They you can find the actual copy of it, archived uh, 1865 London Times, and that was an op-ed about it, written by um, people in the financial world in you know the centralized banking industry over there at the time. So that just shows you they, you know, like I said, if we ever get independent of these central banks and this financial system that they've devised, then things would be a million times better. I mean, it's just, it's like they said, you know, the colonies had everything going on. The Bank of England found out about it. They put a fucking kibosh on that and it spiraled us out of the control. And that was one of the major reasons we went, you know, started the Revolutionary War. It's like that old thing, you know, they did the taxation without representation. Well, the taxation was basically them trying to fuck us over for being able to find a better system and take them out of the equation. So it's all about control, ladies and gentlemen. All and, about control. Yeah, and there's been you know several people since then that have come out. I mean, major players in the world. I mean, you look at um, Barry Goldwater. Everybody knows him. He ran for president. Um, he said that most Americans have no real understanding of the operation of the international money lenders. The accounts of the Federal Reserve System have never been audited. It operates outside the control of Congress and manipulates the credit Actually, of the United States. They have been audited. Well, yeah, they're internal audit. <laughs> fucking by yeah, Deloitte. Dude, they've been internally audited a lot. <laughs> By an unaudited auditor. Those those motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, and there's another one I had. Or non-auditing auditor, sorry. And themselves. They audit themselves. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's them being responsible. They're right. taking action to be responsible. All right, so exactly how much money are we stealing from the country? Okay, okay, just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> Not enough. Um, oh, here's one other one. This is right before Wilson signed the bill. Everybody knows the Lindbergh baby. You've heard of Charles Lindbergh, you yeah. know, Spirit of St. Louis. Well, his father was actually a congressman. And he was in Congress in 1913 before this passed, and he came out and said, this Federal Reserve Act establishes the most gigantic trust on earth when the president, that was Woodward Wilson, dick, uh, signs this bill, <laughs> the invisible government of the monetary policy will be legalized. The worst legislative, legislative crime of the ages is perpetual. Fuck this, I quit. Perpetrated <laughs> by the banking and currency bill. See, this is going to make a Facebook comment right below. How can we believe you guys when Michael can't even fucking read? All right. God I think uh, You know I'm not making this shit up because I'm actually reading the quote or not reading the quote. <laughs> so, it ain't just right. pulling it out of my ass, kids. Apologize for the uh, information-heavy show, but I hope that it was informative and you enjoyed it and you learned something and hopefully you are uh, becoming a more of a radical <laughs> like me. Yeah. Hopefully, at the very least, we pissed off someone enough to go research yeah. it themselves. Yeah. And they go and at least look it shit. up. Give That's it a game plan. We gave you guys a couple jerk off shows. We tried to give you one serious one. Next week, we'll go back to more of a jerk off one. We're going to do uh, yeah. a holiday we'll special. We'll do uh, some pagan rituals and some Halloween fun. So. And we will try and summon the devil. We're going to try. We're going to try and get a couple of girls in here. Maybe we'll make a, a little seance. Yeah, we'll do a seance. We'll all hold hands and do some chants and see if we can bring up Beelzebub. And if there's a virgin out there that wants to be sacrificed and then give a shit, I mean. Mm. Give us a ring. You have to be nude, though. So. <laughs> and since Eric's the only one in the room, a male. Okay, Boggs is trying to get me on that train. Sorry, Boggs. I ain't jumping on that. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. All right, peace out, bitches.